Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and very best friend on this boutique journey. Today's episode is a gorgeous follow-up to last week's episode 301 about how to revamp, renew, you know, restart your business and why. Okay, why is because the woman we have on today, Sierra Stokeland, she has restarted her business a couple times. She's shifted, she's pivoted, She also had wildly successful boutique business. I want you to wrap your head around the fact that it's okay to do this. It's actually totally normal. And I think sometimes hearing that from someone else gives you the comfort, the knowing, the like, oh my gosh, it's going to be okay, that what you might be going through right now, the feelings you might be processing with doing any sort of adjustment in your business, whether it's a location, an assortment, a hiring, you know, changing, any of that kind of stuff, that you can come out the other side being just fine. And Sierra is going to talk a lot about that. And she's going to talk about her new product that I'm actually pretty excited about called the Boutique Box, which is made for boutique owners, like a subscription box for you guys, which is pretty cool. I'm actually going to start being a part of it uh, where I'm going to do some a little bit of coaching. My my book will be in the January box. So you'll hear more about it on the episode, but I'm excited. I think that's a really cool concept. And I actually talk a little bit more about where I see it, it could fit maybe for you in your business. And maybe it's not a good fit and that's okay too. But I want to make sure that as always, I'm bringing you guys new ideas, new things that are happening, and also sharing stories of women who've been in your shoes, right? That's important to me. This episode is sponsored by the Rich Retailer Retreat. Hello, if you haven't heard, I'm hosting my very first retreat in Austin, Texas on March 22nd. It will start, it will end on March 24th. So it's three days with me, a very small group, 50 women or less. It may be less. Uh, We're capping it at 50 women. But it's a very small, intimate weekend with me where we are going to get into the core of who you are as a woman, as a boutique owner, as a retailer, and tap into what's holding you back from getting to the next level of where you are. Now, a lot of people have said to me, wow, Emily, this feels like a lot of personal development. It doesn't even really feel like it's for retailers. And I'm going to be honest, this retreat is applicable to kind of anyone, but I want to gather retailers there because I think this broke boutique mindset that happens, this like, I can't afford it, we're going to have reasonably priced things, blah, blah, all that stuff, you know, like that's not my jam, okay? I know, and Sierra will tell you this too, is that you can be a very successful boutique owner, you can pay yourself, you can make money, 
And a lot of times, guys, I mean, you've listened to all my podcasts. If you've listened to all my podcasts, you've watched me on YouTube, Facebook Live, you're still not making the money that you want to make. You have something inside blocking you from getting there. End of story, period. I can teach you all the social media in the world. I can tell you exactly when to post, what to post, how to share your story. But if you have a vibration and you have the energy of someone who's like resisting making money, I can't do that work for you. So what I want to do is bring you to Austin, be with me for three days, and I'm going to teach you how to break down these blocks. I'm going to teach you at a fundamental level. We're going to tap into what it means to have a rich spirit, what it means to have a rich business, and then what it means to have a really rich life. That's what excites me. That's what I've been working on myself for the past three years. And so I'm going to teach you the exact steps that I've done to get where I am today, where I'm starting to set my business up to start to operate without me. That sounds insane, right? It's possible for you too. We can get you there. But I want you to know it takes the inner work before the outer work works. So this retreat is not for everyone. This retreat is not for anyone who thinks they want to come and learn the tips and tricks to having a good Instagram feed, not for you, okay? (laughs) I am really, I've seen and been to many events where people talk at you. They tell you what you should be doing, what you're missing out on. You know, there's all these kind of girl clicks happening around the room and like, that's not my jam, okay? This is like a very inclusive retreat. This is the type of event where it's not about what I tell you. It's about how you start to tap into yourself and do the inner work. This is all the mindset work that I talk about all the time. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you grow. I want you to leave feeling inspired, feeling like, whoa, I just shifted my life and it will never be the same as it was on Thursday or Friday morning when I got here. That is my intention with this retreat. So like I said, it is not for everyone, but if you were digging what I was just talking about, I want you to sign up. We have early bird pricing tickets. We have a couple still left. So I want to make sure that you get in at the early bird price because it also includes breakfast both days and lunch on Saturday so you can connect with all the women that are there. And so it's a crazy high value retreat for a very low price right now. It will go up richretailerretreat.com. It's richretailerretreat.com. I'll put the link in the show notes, but I hope to see you there. And for the women that have already signed up, like FYI, if you want to hang out with some of the coolest women in retail, they're going to be there because they already signed up for it. So come hang with my high vibe tribe. You know, you're meant to be there and I want to see you there. So now let's get into the episode with Sierra. I'm excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. And I think you're going to really enjoy this one. Hi, Sierra. I'm so excited to have you here on the Booster Boutique podcast. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself right now, what you're doing, and uh, just a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, too. I'm, I'm just thrilled to converse with you today and talk about all things boutique and small business and all that good stuff. So um, I am a native of North Dakota. Uh, Right now, it's really cold and really white here, so (laughs) uh, we have all of our winter coats out and boots and all that good stuff, but um, yeah, born and raised in North Dakota and started my first business here when I was 13, Um, and ever since have been building and growing um, different boutique or retail or wholesale businesses, and um, right now, I'm working on a B2B concept. So I'm out of the brick and mortar space, and I'm kind of working on the other side of boutiquing. So cool. Well, we connected about your business, the boutique box, and I heard about it, and I was like, this is 
at first I was like, I don't really get it. But then once we talked, I was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. This is like perfect for my audience because I hear two concerns all the time. One, and we'll get into that, but like, I want to hear a little bit about you because you have boutique experience, like a lot of boutique experience. And one of the things I loved about you was when we first talked, you were like, anyone can grow and scale a boutique business. Like women need to stop thinking that it's hard. It's impossible. Like, because I did it. So tell me about like how you started and what that looked like. Yes. So um, I was in boutique retail for a dozen plus years. And when I decided to open my first store, um, I really, first of all, I really wanted to do something that was different because I knew I couldn't be just like every other boutique. So thinking outside the box, what could be a niche that I could bring to my community? So my first boutique was a high-end maternity and baby store. And as you can guess, in Fargo, North Dakota, there were no other options. So we could go to Penny's, um, and that was about it for maternity clothing and no cute kid stuff. So I thought, you know what, this will work because I can stand apart from everyone else and I can do my own thing. So that was my first um, boutique concept. And then about six months later, um, I was approached by a a gentleman that owned a trucking company, and they um, would end up with salvage freight that was going to high-end department stores. And he's like, hey, Sierra you're already in retail could you sell all this extra inventory I have sitting in my warehouse and being an opportunist I was like yes I will figure that out Um, I will not put it in my maternity store but I'll figure that out and so within six months of my first concept I had my second one open, which was a designer outlet store. So if you think like TJ Maxx in a beautiful boutique space. Um, And I think that's when I really started to learn the first lessons of boutique um, retail or small business. Um, Because I had my beautiful child, my Mama Mia store was beautiful boutique, my dream. And next door to it was this ugly child, um, this designer outlet store. But that's what made money and that's what customers wanted. And so that was kind of my first, like, oh my goodness, this is really interesting. Um, And then just kept learning and growing from there, seeing you gotta, you gotta go after what customers want. Sometimes it's not always what you envision, but you react and and change. So yeah, so it's been quite the journey. And like, what a cool visual display. Like so many us boutique owners are visual people. So what an amazing visual display of like, I have a ton of people coming in the store and buying things. And I have not a lot of people coming in the store and not a lot of people buying things. Like, did you feel like it sort of hurt your ego that like the maternity thing wasn't as popular or did you, were you like, no, I'm just going to follow the money. Cause I feel like as women, we definitely get attached to our baby's stores. You know what? I'll be honest. Like I didn't just say I'm going to follow the money. Like I love the money and I love that margin, but I mean, visually, honestly, it was beautiful. I had this beautiful boutique space for Mamma Mia, wood floors, bricks, like gorgeous. It's market. And next door was a hole in the wall, fold up tables. I was selling out of cardboard boxes. I mean, it was night and day. But when I really stepped back and looked at it and thought, okay, which is a business though? Like, I don't want a hobby. I want a business. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Mode is a business. Like that designer outlet store attracts people and customers and they buy. But then I thought, well, does it always have to be either or? Can it be both? And that's something I've really thought about and worked through in my whole business life. I don't think it always has to be either or. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, what if I took that store that's making money, but I made it pretty 
like, couldn't I do both? And then, um, so about a year after we opened them both, we took mode and we brought it over into the boutique space. And that's how that, um, concept was born. So we had this outlet store, but in a beautiful boutique environment. So I think it's all about thinking outside the box and adjusting. Like you can't stay stuck in a rut. Yeah. And this is honestly, I tell so many women, I had someone say, I can't figure out the market penetration of my store. And, uh, and I'm like, listen, like I know all the business books tell you to do these very technical, you know, cost breakdowns and analysis here and there. But like real business when you're actually in it, like doesn't rock and roll like that. And like being able to pivot and staying small and keeping cash set aside in the bank so you can afford to rock and roll to me is like what the most forward thinking entrepreneurs do because they know things are going to change. Like I always say you should expect things to kind of hit the fan and figure out how to pick up the pieces and put it back in a more beautiful way, which is like exactly what you did. Yes. You have to keep adjusting. So when I started my first boutique, there was no Facebook. Like that's how different it is. Right. And so I, I mean, honestly there too, made a mistake. Like I fought that forever. I don't need my, oh my goodness, that's so weird. You know, and fought it until I realized but that's the way the market's going. And of course, then it was much more Facebook and it was active versus Instagram and things like that. But, um, if I would have just stayed in that, in that mindset, who knows if I'd even be talking to you today. So I think it's all about like, you have to be humble enough to listen to your customers, to the advice around you. And then you've got to keep adjusting, keep adjusting, keep adjusting. Yeah. It's so funny. I love that you say that. Cause I say that all the time. Like, I wonder if XYZ happened at the right time. If I would never be doing what I'm doing now, you know, like would I have more stores, would I have a mobile franchise or something? Right. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, things bring you on this path. And I feel like for you, the boutique box is really serving a purpose based on your experience and based on that adjusting and, and seeing where I think boutique owners are really struggling. That's something we talked about a lot on our first call was like, we both see boutique owners struggling and we both see it very similarly, which I was loving. Um, And I think your box serves a real purpose. Like I'd love for you to talk more about kind of now where you're at and like what the purpose and service that boutique box provides for, for boutique owners. Yes. So again, you know, when I started, things were so different. Like it was a rite of passage. You went to market, you owned a boutique, you had a brick and mortar, you went to market, you maybe did online. Right. So, but now it's completely different. Like women are running fabulous boutiques out of their garage and their basement. And I mean, you could have three boutiques on a block all in somebody's homes, not even know it. You've got brick and, I mean, it's just the landscape is so different. And so when I started to think, how could I take my experience and put it into a new concept and work directly with boutiques, so business to business instead of to the consumer, I thought, how could I bring beautiful brands to boutiques and how could I ensure and help that boutiques all have something different? Because um, that's kind of the complaint that you and I both hear all the time, like my next door neighbor, the boutique down the street, everybody has the same things. Um, They don't go to market like they used to. So brands and vendors are like, I don't know how to get in front of these thousands of customers all over the country because they're not coming to market anymore like they used to. And so why not marry those two things, solve two problems and bring together um, both of those customers in Boutique Box. So I thought, you know what, everyone understands the subscription model. Nobody's doing it in wholesale. It's completely untapped. 
why couldn't I do that? And so that's how Boutique Box was born, a subscription membership and where boutique owners get samples delivered right to their boutique doorstep, so much cheaper than going to market um, and way better than spending hours and hours Googling, trying to find what's yep. a pair of glasses I can bring to, you know, <laughs> like we just bring that to them. And then the vendors themselves are like, this is awesome because our boutique potential customers can touch, feel, try on our product. I love that. And I think, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I see this as a great opportunity for like two really nice subsets of boutique owners. Like one is the person who has been shopping on Fashion Go, maybe can't afford to go to market yet. And like, that's maybe a goal and they want to get there, but they want unique brands from fashion, like from the fashion goes and the, the, you know, LA showrooms and orange shines of the world, you provide this service where they can have the unique stuff and they can't afford to go to market, but they can certainly afford this, this box. It's right. super affordable. And then on the other hand, I love this idea for some of my more established ladies who they do still go to market, you know, three times a year, four times a year, but they want that extra special thing. They want to maybe lighten their in-between workload, right? Because they're always like, well, well, I still have to sometimes go on fashion, go in between, but right. you could just fill in with what you're sending, right? With new brands that you're sending. And honestly, then I think the most, the coolest part, and I, I said this to you yesterday, is you're giving discounts on the wholesale brands to your members. So not only are they getting the unique, like it's, it's not even at market, maybe this brand, but then they're getting it at an even lower cost because they're a member with you. So yes. higher margins. <laughs> yes. So I'm all about the margin because that's where I was way back 12 years ago, looking at ugly child, beautiful child, right? The one had amazing margins and cash flow and extra money for me. And the one had the typical margin of a high end store. Yeah. And so that's when I really started to fall in love with margins and what they can do. Um, and when you can buy amazing deals, even at a little bit of a discount, um, it can make such a big difference on your bottom line. So for me, Boutique Box is more than just a box of samples. It's really a holistic approach to bettering your boutique business. So we always say brands, deals, and inspiration. The brands, of course, that's what you get in the box. You get new brands. But then the deals is all about like hopping on with your, your password, logging into the site and seeing like, how can I get these products at a better price? And then we feature brands that are not always even in the box, but just offer deals for boutiques. So it's a great way yeah. to get amazing margin. And then of course, the inspiration, things like you talking to you. Yeah. And just, you know, talking about like, what is it like to own a boutique, the stresses, the wins, you know, yep. the losses, like, what does that look like? How do we learn from them? How do we learn, you know, all of the things that, are, that go into uh, small business ownership? So it's really more than just a box of samples. I always say that it's more than that. It's yeah. The margin building and the brand discovery and then growing. Yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I think I've always like, I've tried some boxes, you know, food delivery, clothes delivery, you know, I've tried them all. And, you know, I just think as a boutique owner, one of the things you're, you're just, you're busy. And this is something yeah. I'm trying to like curb with people. Cause I'm like, you're really not that busy. You're just speaking into it. And then you're getting more busy. Yes. That's the side. Right. <laughs> but you have, uh, you have quite a number of things to manage and to do. And mm -hmm. I think the convenience of having it delivered is pretty cool too, because it just shows up and you don't have to like think extra yes. about it. Right. Because we have so much in our mind. So tell me about like where the model is right now, because I know you're going into a period where people can still subscribe if they want to, like after listening to this podcast. 
Yes. Yeah. So um, from now till December, or now till December 31st, really, um, we still are offering our month to month memberships. You can pop on month to month, cancel anytime. Um, come January 1st, we're switching over to either a quarterly or an annual subscription because we really want our members to dig in and be part of the community. And you and I both know, and so do all of our listeners here, that when you invest in something and you really dig in and use it, you're going to maximize it. And for yeah. me, it's, I don't want to just sell subscriptions and have them get a box of samples, come and go. I want them to dig in and better their business. And yeah. they need to do that by being consistent members. So, um, so for those of them that want to try, they can still hop on and do month to month. Um, but come January, we're really excited about rolling into just an annual or a quarterly membership. Um, you get all the same benefits and some more, but then you really plug in and start to dig in with other boutique owners. It's so cool. And then, you so if you sign up from now so this podcast is going to go live on december 12th 2018 just for way future listeners too yes um because these things exist on the internet forever Forever. so uh, december 12th 2018 this will go live and then if you want to get a box this month in december you can still do that and the cutoff date is remind me december 15th december 15th you have a couple days to jump on so easy you'll get that first box what by the 20 yeah. like a yeah. christmas oh, yeah. Christmas. yeah unless the post office does this wrong otherwise <laughs> you're supposed to get it yeah it ships between the 15th and the 20th depending on cool. when you subscribe so what a cool christmas present too for maybe yes. like a spouse or a mom to get for their boutique owning person in their life to even just try for a month or two right i actually kind of love giving subscriptions for people like i got my aunt yeah, I got my aunt like a snack, like an organic snack subscription, like a couple years ago. And she just really, it was kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. And, you know, I think that one of the things that I love talking to you about was like, you're actually in the mode where you're like, I'm going to build this business and sell it, which I very rarely hear from, especially women that they want to build a business, like, have a baby and then give it up for adoption. Like, yes. That doesn't happen very often, right? Like, right. let me grow this child to, to, to two years old and then give it away. Like, yeah. and I, I feel like for you, I, I was really impressed by that because I don't think we often as business owners think about what is the, like people like to call it an exit strategy, whatever, but like, what is the intention for your business? Like, what is the end game here? And I think that probably takes a lot of guts for you. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about where, how you got to that decision that like, I'm going to start this, grow it and sell it. And then let's talk about like, maybe there's someone listening who's like, this might sound like a cool business for me to jump into. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think it's all trial and error. It's what you learn, the mistakes you made, and I've made plenty of them, learned lots of things the hard way. Um, But for me, it's all about, do you learn from that trial? Do you learn from that mistake? If you can learn and you can see and you can observe and change, change course, it's all all a win, right? So for me, having started businesses, um, you know, with my retail business, I grew it, I franchised it like it was huge. I did distribution. I did so many components of it. Um, Some of my businesses were smaller what do I really excel at? What do I really love to do? And for me, it's all about the startup. Like I love coming up with an idea. I said, nobody's doing this in the wholesale space. So let's do it. Right. But then let's give it to someone else who can do a really good job at growing and sustaining it. And that's not my cup of tea. It's not what I have a lot of interest in. So 
Um, so from the get-go, my goal was to build Boutique Box, prove that it could work, and then find someone that could take it on. So um, I think that boldness has just come from me realizing that that's what I'm really good at. And so why not just continue to dwell in that space? Because I'm going to be happier, my customers will be happier, and things will be much more successful than if I try to just do something that's like really not my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that boldness just came from doing things too long, you know, other times or, you know, trial and error, like I said. So yeah, well, it's like, I feel like there's that excitement of a startup, but you also have to have that nurturing like piece of yourself where you're like, like, I've had, I had a corporate boss who said to me, like, you know, Emily, I hope there's something in your life you follow through on. And I was like, I was a little triggered. Cause I was like, Whoa, like this is like a corporate job. Like you're just paying me to show up. But I take that to heart now when I start businesses because I'm like, I have to really decide from the get-go, what do I want this business? Do I really want to follow through with everything? Like right. there are things that I hire out because like, I'm like Pinterest, I don't get it. I don't want to learn it, but I want to be good at it. So right. I go and I find a Pinterest, I have a Pinterest expert right now that she's been working with me for three months. She emailed me, she goes, you're crushing it on Pinterest. Let's go to the next step. And I'm like, yeah, girl, I don't know what you're doing, but like, <laughs> yes, right? yeah. and I have literally just paid her and done nothing. And yeah. I think that's part of it too, is knowing as you grow, and I'm sure you had this in your boutique, knowing as you grow that like, you shouldn't be doing everything. If right. you're in the spot that you want to be a CEO, you want to be running a company, like you've got to start to hire out at some point. Yes. And I think that's why it's so important when you build something that you have the end in mind right away. Because for me, knowing that I want to sell it or pass it on to the next person, like everything that I build into Boutique Box has to be sustainable. It has to be like, I have to be measuring my metrics from day one. All of those pieces that are important. If you just fly willy nilly and like, oh my goodness, I have a subscription box. It's so fun. Now I have four members that I'm shipping to but you have no end goal, then you'll just do whatever the flavor of the day is. Yeah. And you need as a business owner to have a filter when you make decisions. So, okay, I'm going to add in, um, we're going to start talking to Emily. We're going to bring her on board. How does that make sense with my end goal? Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Then I won't, or, oh, it will because it adds value to my members. Okay. We're going to bring her on board. We're going to start talking to her and having her contribute, you know? So I think having that end strategy is so important because it does give you a filter for every decision you make as a business owner. And you don't lose as much money then when you have a filter, right? Because then you're not just deciding on emotion. It's all about strategy. Yeah. And emotion, I mean, gosh, you could throw money at emotion every other day based on, you know, especially if you're not protected energetically from yes. customers coming in, opportunities coming your way. Because as a business owner, you know, I've heard this from so many people, like the minute I started my business, pe people from family started wanting a job or they want discounts or they want this and that. And if you don't have that filter of like, yo, I am building a business. I am not giving away the farm. Like that is huge. I think as you're, as you're, you know, I always say there, there's the starting stage, there's a growing stage and there's the scaling stage. And like, you're really in the, the still starting stage where it's like, let's figure out how to make this work. Let's tweak these knobs. Let's figure out what's, what's going on. I mean, what for you has been the hardest part of figuring out the membership subscription kind of model? Because I think there's also a lot of boutiques that keep trying that. And I'm like, <laughs> unless you have your backend distribution and ship, like, I mean, like there's a lot of coordination. Yeah. I think 
The hardest thing for me is to probably just to stay on course. Like, what is my end goal? Like, what's your end goal, Sierra? Is it to have a lot of volume, but not a lot of sustainability? Yeah. Or would you rather have a smaller volume of members, but they're really understanding what you're doing? Um, I always think of like the three-legged stool in business, right? So you have quality, service, and price. You can never have all three and do them all three well and have them be the components. You can do two, yeah. but you can't do three. Yeah. And so for me, it's about quality and service. And so that means that maybe the price doesn't make sense for everybody, but that's okay because I know the quality is there in the products that they're getting. And I know that my service is going to be outstanding. So I think for me, the hard part is just constantly going back to that and saying, I'm not going to give into the pressure. I'm not going to give into the peer pressure. Yes, I could get a hundred more to sign up today if I said it was $19.99, but that's not what this business is. So yeah. someone else has to make that or whatever, like that's not me. Yeah. And so I think just continuing to focus. But if I didn't have an end strategy, it would be, but I want more members or I want this or I want that. And you just fly all over. And that's what happens I think a lot in boutiques like oh my goodness now I want to carry hats they're so cute yeah but my customer maybe doesn't wear a hat so that's great that everybody wants or extended sizing or maternity or kid stuff but if you don't have that per customer then you've wasted money you're all over the place you're distracted so yeah I always call that like band-aiding the actual problem like your mm -hmm. actual problem is one of those three pillars the quality or I, as I would say, mindset margins marketing. Like you're, something's off in one of those levers and you don't understand how to dig deeper and maybe you can't even see it. So I have clients that come to me and I'll like very quickly glance and I'm like, oh, you have this, this, and this going on. And they're like, wait a minute, what? Like, I didn't see that. And I'm like, that's what coaching is for. Like you, you can't see what's to your right when you're looking left like that's it's just not how it works so it's interesting because i do think you're speaking to a lot of boutique owners who are struggling with thinking well these discount people over there are selling it for this but as you and i both know like when you're in the right market you have the right quality and you have customers that get what you do mm -hmm. like you'll have them for a long time yes yeah. And you don't want to confuse your customers by constantly trying to grab new customers. And then the ones you have are like, what on earth? I thought she was a maternity store and now she's like, you know, a farm outlet or whatever. Those, you know, those are extremes, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah. And like all of those, all of those pieces are really important. So I think someone you kind of backing up, you had mentioned like, maybe there's someone out there who's interested. Yeah. So for me, you know, I think, um, someone that, really has good processes in place. So maybe it's an online store and they already, there's no physical location and they're used to picking and packing, shipping out on time, having good customer service, someone that can plug and play. So I'm always looking at like, what other subscription boxes are out there, either to the consumer or, I mean, there's a lot of them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. For me, that makes so much sense. Just buy another one, you plug and play it. All it is is a different product, but you're doing the exact same thing. So those pieces are interesting. And I think that, you know, kind of goes back to if you're a boutique owner, always looking at like, who is my customer? So for me, I have two customers. I have my boutique member customer and then that potential person who's going to take boutique box and make it their own. That's a customer that's out there waiting for me, trying to constantly identify like, who is that? Um, and I think that you do so much, so such good work with your boutique owners on like trying to figure out who your core customer is if you're a mobile boutique or whatever you are, constantly identifying that and keeping that front of mind is really important. Yeah.
Yeah. I even think it would be a good business for someone who's looking to sort of, uh, maybe they didn't really love having a boutique business. Maybe they don't want to grow this huge customer base and be this big thing, but they really want to nurture. They loved, you know, they love talking to their audience. They love, cause I get that a lot where people are like, you know, I just, I love sharing stories. I love doing, you know, I love doing this work, but I don't necessarily like kind of flipping clothes or I'm not, I'm kind of like over the flipping clothes part of it. I really just want to like hang out with people and, and help them. Like a person who is truly like of service, I think would be. It's funny that you say that because, um, when I finished my brick and mortar life, um, everyone's like, Sierra, you should have an online store. Everyone's having an online. And I knew I just didn't want to work with consumers. I didn't want to work one pair of jeans at a time, one necklace at a time. Like I wanted to work with businesses. And so I think you're exactly right. Like someone who says, I do love selling. I am really good at customer service in these pieces, but I'd rather work with larger, fewer, larger clients, thousands and thousands of individual women all over the country that are buying from me. Um, that's exactly right. Cause that's, that's why I did this side of it. Yeah. Like do an online store. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, good for you for setting that boundary too. I mean, honestly, like everyone's going to have like every Joe, Dick and Harry is going to have a, an opinion about what you should do based yes. on. And I think a lot of it too is based on who you were. Right. And we're always evolving. Hopefully we're always evolving. Yes. And you know, there's things that just, you're like, Oh, I evolved. And that's not a good fit anymore for me. You know, like I was even talking to you, I'm like, you know, the membership thing for me, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm that good at it. I don't really love it. And people don't show up for my calls. So like, uh, you know, clearly they're not getting what I think they're getting. Right. So, you know, it's, it's so fun as a woman entrepreneur, as like a creative thinker to really like be introspective about what it is that yes. you want for your and life. And be confident in it. Yeah. Yeah, be confident that that's how you were designed and created and you flourish best when you're in the space you were made for. Oh, preach. Yes, 100%. So, okay, tell me what is like, uh, I want to wrap up. So let's start off with where can people find Boutique Box, find you, find more information. And also you guys, like I'm going to be starting to do some like expert stuff in the group and my book will be in the January box. Like we're so excited. So I'm going to start doing more with you guys. Um, but tell everyone, and I'll put this in the show notes, of course, but tell everyone where we can find you, Sierra. Yeah, super simple. So our website is btqbox.com. Super easy, boutique box, btqbox.com. Yeah, super fun. And you can always email me, hello at btqbox.com. And I am very good on email and I'll answer emails within normal business hours. I have learned that about myself too. I'm not a 24 seven anymore because none of us need that, right? You shouldn't be emailing me at one in the morning. Anyway, on a Saturday, you should be sleeping. So (laughs) all good. Um, Yeah. So um, would love to visit and chat. We have an Instagram page that's pretty lively too. If you want to kind of see pictures of like what's been in boxes and we really showcase designers and that's the BTQ box. So T-H-E-B-T-Q-B-O-X. Love it. Love it. So, okay. Just to wrap up two questions for you. One is, what is your favorite thing you ever, I'm going to switch this up. What is the favorite thing you ever sold in one of your boutiques? In one of my boutiques, um, denim, like we were huge jean, jean people. So we did a ton of denim. So that was really fun to sell. The craziest thing I ever sold in the original mode store, we had size 21 Nike men's tennis shoes and we had a pat, we had a pallet of them. So that's where I really learned. I mean, we could talk for hours, but that's where I really learned 
to figure out how to be creative because I'm like, oh my goodness, Fargo, North Dakota, where on earth? And so we sold them for gay gifts. Perfect. That was fun. People loved them. It was so fun. $4.99, here you go. White elephant gift. Yeah, yeah, that's so perfect. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, and then so my second question is, what advice, and I'm sure you could write a book and maybe you will hopefully do that someday, but what advice would you give a boutique owner right now who maybe is struggling? It's the holiday season. Maybe she's, you know, having like, she's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in January or what, you know, what do I need to be doing now? Like what's some advice you can just give her so that she, she leaves this episode feeling really good. Yes. Um, I think sit down, take some time, sit down for an afternoon, maybe book two hours. Everybody can find two hours, right? And just write down what you love to do, what you feel like you're really good at. If someone said, Emily has this secret power, what secret power would they say that you have? Like define that for yourself and then build your business around your secret power, what you have. Maybe that's merchandising. Maybe that's picking out. Maybe that's customer. Build it around that. So I think just journaling, writing down, um, and then thinking about what that secret power is and then make your plan and strategy for 2019 around that, including your weaknesses, things that don't go into that. Like how am I going to supplement that weakness? with another person or a course or something like that. I love that. Great advice. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Sierra. This is so fun. Anytime. I love visiting with you. You're awesome. Thank you for having me. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.